Everyone got one, what's your opinion? This is the rare room, tongues won't be bitten Ain't no rules, just spill it And anybody can get it, no limit We get to kill it, you tuning it to the thrillers And no, ain't no stopping Any topic, even the random random. I hope that you ready, we entering in the zone soon We on a grown shit, welcome to the random room What's up, y'all? It's your boy, Hilliard Guest, and you guys are listening to the Screenwriters Rant Room, where we keep it street, we keep it opinionated, we keep it what? 2015. 2015. Hello, Yeah. Mm-hmm. What's up, Lisa, Lisa, Colt Jam? I know it's been a minute. <laughs> it feels it's like it. I know, it feels like it. It's been like two weeks, but it feels like it's been yeah, longer. Yeah, but you know what? It's been a really busy two weeks for you. Yes. Filming, editing, you're in the middle of editing right now. You've been in the editing you on two doing, projects. Oh my editing. God. And you so, just yeah. finished doing stuff at the WGA. Mm-hmm. And just a lot of stuff. Well, let me give a couple shout outs. Mm-hmm. Uh, first of all, to Faux Show. Uh, it's up live, everybody. It's in the web series. You guys can go watch on FauxShowTV.com. F A U X. F A U X. X as in Xavier. Because you, know, you know some of them is out there going, Faux Show, like F O S H O. And I'm like, no, Faux as in fake, as in yeah. phony. Is that, is, that, is that French? Faux. Yes, it is. Okay. Um, anyway, so shout out to y'all. Uh, com or it's on YouTube. Kim Coles, Eric Alexander, Ben Patrick Johnson, Scotch Ellis Loring, Teddy Sears, Tim Bagley. I mean, it's got some names in there. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's something I produce. Cool ass uh, web series comedy. Um, the Derek Brothers, uh, Architects of Crime. We just did pickups the other day. Mm-hmm. It is the baddest freaking film I've worked on yet. It is bad. Them some smart dudes. It is Even though badass. I think they are wrong about uh Snowpiercer. <laughs> I ain't forgot that conversation. Mm-hmm. Hashtag fight me, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> and then on this past Wednesday night, July 28th, um, 29th, sorry, we had um, at the Writers Guild... Um, uh, the black scenes, which is something that, you know, an idea that I came up with um, being on the gay committee. We have um, we do the we do the gay scenes, which are like five minute pieces from uh, writers guild members who submit mm-hmm. um, scenes um, without your name on it, unanimous. And so much so that me and Eddie um, both got in. We didn't even know that I didn't even know that he submitted. Eddie Robinson. Yeah. Hey, Eddie. Yeah. Really? Eddie, yeah. Eddie submitted. And, and there was actually some some slack. From some people thinking that me and Eddie might have got in because we were part of the committee, but I had no idea. It's a blind. It's blind. Yeah. So know? don't get mad if your okay, stuff just wasn't, it wasn't. What's like, Okay. <laughs> okay. We're going to get in today with your shit needed to be done today. Okay. <laughs> you should have got it right, bitch. You should have got it right. Oh, and Tamiko Brooks was having her say, yeah, Tamiko. She wrote a cute scene. Yeah, Tamiko is one of those ones, like, when I first came to L.A., mm-hmm. um, Tamiko was one of those people that, you know, to watch her career trajectory and just mm-hmm. to watch her just progress and become this really, really great writer. Mm-hmm. So it's really awesome when you see somebody, when you saw them. She's like, the one who wrote a scene for that. She just spitballed a scene. She just wrote it a couple of days before. And it is one of the best. Because uh, Tamiko got yeah, it like that. Because I did the order of the, of the mm-hmm. show and I made hers last because I wanted everybody to hear like the funniest one at the end. Oh, that's so great. Tamiko, so that you go out Tamiko, you got to come on the show, girl, and, okay, and talk. Call, yeah, call yeah. her up and get her on here because she's one of those people that... It's like under the wire, mm-hmm. and I always watch every time I see some great stuff happening with her. I'm like, God, she's such a damn good writer. Yeah, so, definitely. shout out to Tamiko. So, anyway, so those of you who don't know what you're listening to, this is the Screenwriters Rant Room. And uh, on this show, we discuss entertainment, TV, film, music, culture. But our focus is always screenwriting, stories, or compelling stories, mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm, craft, get it, get it right, and shit like and that. Shit like that. Exactly. <laughs> So you guys already heard her. That's Lisa Bulakaja. Mm-hmm. We call her the street nerdist because mm-hmm. she's crazy. Mm-hmm. She got long dreads. Look at, look, 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 look at, look at that. <laughs> Just went and saw speak, Ziggy speak last at, night. Okay, yeah, okay. So what, what had happened was, fam, was, uh, so in Del Mar, you know, we got the racetrack. So and I, uh, I don't normally let these people know this publicly, but I'm a... <laughs> I, I goes to the racetracks mm-hmm. and, I bets, and I bet and I bet monies and mm-hmm. I be you know I be you know boxing stuff doubling down and you mm-hmm. know and I talk to the horses and the jockeys. You talk to them. Yes. Oh, like, you be down there on the floor look, on the ground. Look, look, yesterday, 
I was down because we went to go see Ziggy Marlin. What they do is they have a whole summer concert series. So they'll have like the horse races, and then at nighttime they bring out like the big muckety mucks. And, and and they're on the like on the green area. Uh, no, no, they have like a separate like oh, area. Okay. Like it's right next to the track. Okay, but the they have you know a big performance area. I say they probably don't want all the people and, trancing oh around. Oh God, that. Ziggy was amazing. <laughs> like he was amazing last night. But I was there, and mm-hmm. uh, shout out to uh, Second Summer, the horse in the ninth race, <laughs> who came in second. <laughs> Even though I had bet it uh, that he would play somewhere, I was disappointed with Joe Jockey <laughs> because I went down to the fence. Because you know, when, right there, they're taking them to, you know, where they get ready to get in the little box to go run. You can actually go down and look and say some words to them as they're kind of trotting by oh, and then going that. by. Okay. So I'd be like, look, Gonzalez, <laughs> I'm going to need you. Because one of the ones that made me mad, it was one, it was called My Sweet Addiction. Uh-huh. And I, I love went, all the names I, lo- I love. And so My Sweet Addiction, I think it was like, it must have been like either the seventh or eighth or race. And I was like, My Sweet Addiction. And I saw the name of the, the jockey. Mm. So I went over there and like kind of, you know, <clears throat> said the name like, hey, you know, I got, I got $2 on you. <laughs> Two dollars. <laughs> this on is you. big money. This is big money. You better well, come in. Hands up if you win, and, don't I, it? and of course, horse came in last. Mm. Like it just did it to spite me. But anyway, mm. yeah, so I'm excited about that. Just so you know. And I was doing research. Because okay. I have a screenplay I'm going to write that okay, takes place. Okay, I'll let you slide in. Yeah, yeah. Slide. So you need to know how the bed works, I was worked, there. Right? I need to know, uh, <laughs> and my research purposes, uh, I have to go several times. Uh-huh. And, um, and beer is part mm-hmm. of the uh, research purposes. Okay. And a glass of white wine. <laughs> and a glass of white wine. And uh, I will be there again probably next Saturday. Because <laughs> Thievery Corporation is going to be there, afterwards. There is a cool scene in Pinky Blinders. I don't know if you ever watched that show. It's a show on Netflix. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> it's about it like a like a mob um, um, uh, gypsy group in England. Mm-hmm. Like they're like way up north, like probably Manchester, mm-hmm. Liverpool, somewhere like the really industrial area. Mm-hmm. And they in like the I think it might be the finale episode. One of the one of the main episodes, they finally get the bad guys and the cops and everybody to go to the racetrack. Mm-hmm. And the whole episode takes place at the racetrack. Damn it, and how they got outsmart. The the cops and everybody, it's badass too. I like that. But they always, didn't have the technology we have now, so it was easier to make things yeah, happen. Yeah, I always thought I, mean? I wanted to do a contemporary, almost like a, a kind of fun crime kind of thing, almost like in the vein of like an Ocean's Eleven, but kind of cooler. Like a heist uh, mystery. Of but some it takes sort of, place in one day mm-hmm. at the racetrack, okay. and at the end, the, the diamonds or whatever it is. I figured it'd be mm-hmm. like the hat day when they have all the fancy ladies come out with their mm-hmm. jewelry and their best hats, and the mm-hmm. idea was at the end. The diamonds were in the horse, the ray horse the whole time. Oh, cute. And yeah, then yeah, the yeah. person who was taking care of the groomer gets mm-hmm. away with it because they take the horse and yeah, take everything. Like they're, they're, they're a popper or something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and then you don't realize that they were really something else. Okay. Kind of that kind of usual suspects mm-hmm. kind of thing. So, you know, so. I'll say go for it. So when I'm at the racetrack, you know, I'm there for research purposes. Mm-hmm. I'm not just there putting down money, even though <laughs> I put down some serious money last night because <laughs> one of them bets, it was like the pot was like $500,000. So damn close. I was so close. And then at the concert afterwards where I could, like, you know, mm-hmm. dance and shake my dress. Oh, so once you guys are in, if you got in there before six, you can go. Yeah, if you get in there at a certain time, it's like six bucks to get in. But it was funny because after after six o'clock, it's like twenty bucks to get Mm -hmm. in to go see the concert. So yeah, Mm -hmm. you can get in, and it's it's really fun. And like I said, it was for research purposes. (laughs) I would do. I would have to do some more. I would have to do some more research next week. Yeah, (laughs) I was sad because I I missed out on Saturday Night Sci-Fi. So Mm -hmm. shout out to Geek Soul Brother because they had another good movie. What's up, Geek? And I was like, oh, I'm gonna miss that because that's like one of my favorite things to do. Mm -hmm. Like. Because you get to, it's kind of like global. It's like everybody, and it's fun to read everyone's comments about the same movie that you're all watching, mm-hmm. and the same thing with uh, Friday Night Horror. It's just fun. Mm-hmm. And so I always get sad when I have to miss, I mean, I was having fun, yeah. but I, I miss all the snarky comments and just stuff that has well, I don't, me I don't cackling. usually have time to, to, to join you guys, but I try to retweet it at least. So mm-hmm. the people know that it's going on, so they can join. It's so much fun, you know and you mean? don't even have to like tweet or you know you don't you don't have to be as because we we got some silly folks. Because last week <laughs> we did uh, the Fifth Element, mm-hmm. and somebody on it I can't remember who it was. I storyfied it. I might post the storyfy up on our our, okay. our Facebook page for screenwriters. So explain, explain to people who don't know what that is. What is that? Uh, Storyfy? Yeah. Oh, y'all know what Storyfy is. Basically, it's you can take tweets. Well, or whatever. I didn't know until you told me about no, twenty no, thirty minutes ago. No, basically, it's like say for example, there's a <laughs> there's a certain conversation. It could be in different places. It could be on Facebook. It could be on Twitter. And basically, Storyfy is a place where literally you can like put together a story, so you don't have to like try to like go through tags and figure out what a conversation. It's a way to like create a narration in a mm-hmm. conversation. For example, last week we did the Fifth Element. Mm-hmm. 
And we were talking about how originally Prince was supposed to play that role, and Prince turned it down. Wow, I did not know and that. And then Chris Tucker had the role. Mm-hmm. And you know, we were discussing how the movie probably would not have been the same had Prince played that role. And but somebody he could have done it. Though. He could have done it. And the reason why we believe that is because I can't. Remember, and shout, whoever it is, hit me, hit us up on our Facebook page and tell. I may have to go back and look <laughs> in the thread. But somebody has started a thing called Prince in Space, like, and mm-hmm. then started doing gifts of Prince. That's- Funny. As if he were Ruby Ride uh-huh. and certain scenes. Uh-huh. And I threw something up in there too. And it was funny. So I did a little Storyfy about that. It's like a princess in space as if he was a Ruby Ride. So mm-hmm. if you look on Storyfy, it'll say Prince in Space. And it'll have the hashtag of Saturday Night Sci Fi. <laughs> but the Storyfy was just an easy way for me to pick out. Um, instead of going through all the threads, pick out the ones that have to deal with Prince, mm-hmm. if Prince was playing Ruby Rod, and then I put it together so you can kind of look on Storyfy and read the tweets in order oh, to okay. get an idea. And so it's all these different gifts mm-hmm. of Prince. But as you watch the gifts, you just imagine this if he was Ruby Rod, and mm-hmm. it works. Really and I also have a, a Storyfy on there about my Blade reboot. So if y'all want to know my Blade <laughs> reboot, <laughs> reboot with, you know, and Boucher Wright and Lupita Nyongo and. You mean the fan fiction one you're going to write? Uh, yes, I did. Yes, my fan fiction. I have one on Storyfy, too, because I think I need to start using Storyfy Definitely. just to get some of my ideas out there. That playful. Anyway, okay. that was so, me. So, talking about movies, yes. let's go on ahead and just get it in. Because we were so, having this conversation. I thought we, we need to talk we, about we it. We were having a conversation. We're a few weeks in, mm-hmm. but we got to talk a little bit, because we talked about dope Right, the it movie was on dope. Our list. It was on our list in the beginning of the summer. It was. We hadn't seen list. it yet at the right. time, but now we we saw it We've, opening weekend. Yeah, both we saw of it us, open. Yeah, um, to support the thing, we were blasting it. Fortunately, only did sixteen million. Yeah, that's a shame to America. But you know, it is what it is. Maybe maybe on VOD or some other shit. It'll it's come hard, back again. Like the tagline said, it's yeah. hard out here for geeks. It's hard out. here. It is hard out here for <laughs> geek. <laughs> and America, you showed it. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, let's be fair though, because. What was the budget like? Six hundred thousand? Seven hundred. Seven seven thousand. You know, sixteen nine. It made its money back, but I think our feelings, our hurt feelings, is because we feel like it should have made a whole lot more. Maybe it's personal. It's kind of like we're talking about NWA. Mm-hmm. Now, we haven't seen the movie yet. The movie hasn't come out. We're still a few weeks away. Yeah, we now, just we just rode through Hollywood and saw the big giant thing on the side everywhere. It's I was everywhere. look, I was watching the UFC fight and they were stepping on step uh, stepping on um, straight out of Compton. Okay, it's straight like everywhere. Compton. You know, now that is a really big PR blast. But mm-hmm. of course, they got Dre and Q. Well, like you said, you know, we were saying Universal it, behind it's, them. It's iconic, yeah, historical, yeah, and you know, you got that history and 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 let's be real, you got Ice Cube in it. I want, I'm, y- y'all can fight me if you want to. Okay. But if Ice Cube was not in NWA, I don't think, I don't care how many beats Dre can lay out in a track. I, personally, without <laughs> Ice Cube, without O'Shea Jackson, <laughs> okay, I don't think they, because he's the poet. Like, it was funny when I saw the trailer, they have mm-hmm. like little things that talk about what each uh, character in the movie oh, really? okay. is. Like, it says one, like, uh, for, for Ice Cube, it said he's the poet. Mm-hmm. So they had the flash and they had the thing. And you're, you're goddamn right. He's mm-hmm. the poet. So, like, honestly, if he wasn't in the group, I probably would not be going to go see the movie NW. I, I would probably go just for being a hip-hop head and sure. understanding, representing Cali, understanding the changes and trends in hip-hop music and how important NWA is mm-hmm. in the scope of hip-hop culture. Sure. You know, but in terms of, like, I was not a huge NWA fan mm-hmm. because of the lyrics, but goddamn those beats. Yeah, I mean, uh, rolling down the street. You know what? I had, you know, we and were then, just talking about okay, that buddy. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, and then Ice Cube would come in. And I thought, God damn it! I, mm-hmm. you know, and I had to respect the world that they were talking about, even mm-hmm. though it wasn't my, even though I had to maneuver in some of those spaces because mm-hmm. I had cousins and Carson and some of Little Compton, and <laughs> I remember in the old days we used to, children, babies, <laughs> we used to have cassette tapes. What's that? What does a cassette tape? And it's a little, it's a little <laughs> plastic square with two circles in it, and it literally has little brown tape. Sometimes it could be gray, mm-hmm. and you put it in the machine and you play it. It loops around, and sometimes you have to take really goes, good care of it. If you leave it out in the sun, it would warp up or it would snap. Your tape would snap because you're rewinding and forwarding. They don't have a good like you have it now, where you can just press whatever song and it comes on, and you 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 couldn't do that. You had to like scroll forward and for you know. But it was like. I remember getting those mixtapes. Like, mm-hmm. y'all need to... And back in the day when we had to hold up tape recorders to the radio and tape, make we your did. own mixtapes. And, you know, just being blown away by, these hood brothers is out here. Mm-hmm. And then the whole story of Easy funding with drug money, it was like, 
But see, that ain't a new story. <sighs> it ain't new. You know, Too Short did it. I mean, we can go down the list of people but, who did but, it. But but wasn't NWA first, though? I mean, Too Short came um, out at the same time. No, they were... About the same I'm time. I'm he probably was before them a little bit. He might, you know what? He may have been. But he was in a whole other part of the, yes. you know, even though he was up north. Yeah. You know, yeah. Still, I mean. But I remember. Well, yeah. you know what? I take that back. I think you're right. Because I had cut my sisters and all them. They were a few years younger. They were heavily into it. I remember mm-hmm. they would get all these tapes and I would listen. And when we go visit our cousins in Carson and it'd be like, oh, we got this. Oh, you got to hear that. And what was so shocking was because it was like the cussing. And not that the East Coast rappers didn't cuss, mm-hmm. but these dudes was like, and they was talking about telling you how to, we cutting up these, dr- and these whole, and it was, mm-hmm. it really was like, it was like listening it was to angry. Donald Goins. It was kind of angry. It was, <laughs> it was, it was, it was, I always compare it to punk rock. It was yeah, like black that. people's that. punk rock. Right, right. You know, I mean, even though you and I know. There was plenty of black people in the punk rock too, right? You know, right. despite what, which right. is why we love dope, because right. dope shows you that side right. of it, right? You know, they were a punk rock band for God's sake. They were all you know in I mean? there, mm-hmm. but that, but the thing is, we try to act like you know these groups of this type of music would separate from all the different type. They were all around there together. So right. even though you may have it was R&B, a rebellion, you may have R and B groups mm-hmm. that were coming out during that time who were hanging out with these people, correct? You know, and it's like. These are just the different forms of their art that art took. Well, well we talk about Sly and the Family Stone oh as God. an example. I mean, he was, I mean, to the normal person, I mean, he was like Hendrix and they look like punk rockers. I'm still they were to, outsiders. I'm still trying to sell nerds. that script. I'm still trying to sell the Sly and Family you need Stone. You can do that for your script and let somebody find Matter of fact, I got somebody, if you wrote that script that I can note that you can send it to, who's been, who's been, um, what do they call it when people are like giving you chips, like trying to get you to do something? Mm-hmm. What do they call that? Um, Courting me, if you mm-hmm, will, mm-hmm. to to come over to their company and write something for them. I'm like, y'all need to give me a contract, you know. But they only want to focus on biopics right now. So they read my Sylvester and they read my Rebel Yell, mm-hmm. and now they want to go into business. They're like, Sylvester is like up our lane. This is what we want yeah. to do. I'm like, well, damn it, let's make a deal. Because like a road story on the search for the ultimate Sly and Family Stone record that mm-hmm. had all the signatures, and this person's trying to get Sly and Family Stone. Right? And basically, it's about a and what's interesting. It is it's about a band led mm-hmm. by a female mm-hmm. who was influenced by this group, and they have this record. And they're like, oh man, I want to give this to my aunt if I can get that one last. So it really is that story is dovetailing between this band and current times. And then what Sly and Family Stone was doing, okay. because both these groups are pretty similar. And it was mm-hmm. just a way for me to get into the story to just show people how iconic Sly and Family Stone fucking was. <laughs> really? You know, one of, the first mul- yeah. one of the first multiracial uh-huh. groups, you know, mm-hmm. and, and putting just changing music. And it's so hard to find good biopics that, that has good music. And um, that's, I think that's why also I'm looking forward to seeing NWA's movies because I, I just want to see how they, they spin that story. Mm-hmm. It because the music is going to have to move the story forward. Yeah. So I'm really interested to see how they use the music to mm-hmm. move the story forward. And I want to see Ice Cube's son, Baby Cube. Oh my God, he looks just like Baby him, Cube. doesn't he? I know. He looked like... Little eyes. His, boy, his boys looked like him. When, when the, I don't know if you remember the one of the early Ice Cube albums when he had them on the cover mm-hmm. when they were toddlers, oh, like little. And I was like, they look just, just like they I thought daddy. that was him when he was a baby. That's I know, interesting. Look just like him. It's like, oh, look at Baby Cube. What do you call a baby Ice Cube? Little Cube. I guess. <laughs> cube? I don't know. Popsicle Cube. I don't know. It's so cute. So Anyhow. let's get into this. So since we're talking about dope, mm-hmm. let's just get into really quick before we get into your 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 thing today. By well, the we'll way, do, we'll do another episode okay. of the compelling stuff. Oh, okay. We'll just do. All right, we'll talk about that. Mm-hmm. So let's just talk about like w- the things that we liked and the things that maybe maybe we didn't like. Okay. We'll start with things we like. Go on, go on. Because uh, I got a lot that I liked, and it might be one or two things. Yeah, like, yeah, so yeah. Go ahead. Well, number one, um, I love the casting of the three the three main characters. Yes, I especially Diggy. Oh, it God. was a diverse cast. Yes. Period. All the way oh, through. Oh my God! And it, and to me, it felt true to life because it reminded me of even though that they were like dressing and acting like. And loved music from the the hip hop music from the '90s period. Mm-hmm. You know, I grew up in that '90s period mm-hmm. with that music. So to see them like have a love for that, and I remember the high top fades. I remember those those type of. I mean, just the music throughout the entire movie. It took me about ten minutes to realize that it wasn't in the '90s or in the '80s. Oh God, yeah, because I first, didn't realize it because yeah. I thought. But then they would show the the hip hop dudes or the the, right, the drug dealers or right. whatever, and I was like, wait a minute, he wearing some new shit, right. and it didn't across me that right. he was wearing like when he stole his right. shoes. 
shoes that those were new shoes right. of today. I love know? the name of their band. Mm-hmm. What was it again? Uh, Aria, it was Oreo. But they oh, spelled yeah. it differently. It was they Oreo, did. but they spelled it differently, but it was Oreo. Mm-hmm. And I love the fact that they were doing, they were like Afro-punk. It was like a mixture of punk. It was just... I like some of the songs they did, The too. songs were actually freaking yes, good. I'm like, y'all need to stop playing and actually be a band and go out mm-hmm. and do do that shit, mm-hmm. you know? And, you know, I it, it was like an homage to my friends who enjoyed hip-hop, but were also into Fishbone, mm-hmm. who were also, you know... 24-7. I mean, just the different type of punk bands and punk that mixture. Because I remember going to like music fests like in the 90s and mm-hmm. just what it's like to go out and be like the only few black people, mm-hmm. you know, hey, we're kind of hanging <laughs> don't around don't have a long friends. ass t-shirt on. Yeah, and- <laughs> but we're here, we here to do our thing. Mm-hmm. You know, it just it just brought a really good nostalgia factor. And it, it kind of, like I said, it, it paid respect that there are those of us who were there who enjoy that type of music, who were alternative, but mm-hmm. we were still black. Yeah. You know, because mm-hmm. a lot of times people call alternative black people. Like like we trying to be white, which is the complete opposite. You know, like I, I th- yeah. I'm sorry to interrupt you, but like it just reminds me of when I got into the whole mod skinhead punk rock scene, oh, the root boy scene. Yeah. I was schooled by these two black dudes who told me all about, you know, black music and soul music yes. and how the white dude stole this. And, blah, yes. blah. and I was like, wow, I thought y'all motherfuckers were trying to be white. He's like, no, they're trying to be black, if anything. I mean, I mean this, especially the punk scene, I don't know if anybody's seen the documentary called A Band Called Death. Yes. They were like in the early 70s, like mm-hmm. the first real, truly real black punk band. Mm-hmm. And they were doing some serious metal music and punk music, and they were so different that people couldn't even... They wasn't ready. They wasn't ready for it. They wasn't ready. You know? Mm-hmm. And then when you get these other bands, you know, that come out later, it's like, you think, oh, they were the first ones, but... What it tells you is that we've always been there. Mm-hmm. We've always been doing that music. Mm-hmm. A lot of us get shunned in our own community because when black people do something that's a little bit different or away from the norm in certain black circles, a lot of times people think, oh, you're trying to act white. That's not it at all. They're just trying to create their own space. And we, because we don't have the, the language to talk about what that means, the, the, go to the default is always, oh, you're trying to act white. Do you think? And that's not the case. I can relate to this. All right, because I wasn't sure until I started hanging around the mods and the skinheads either, mm-hmm. right? I didn't know anything about it. So to me, it was like, oh, that's some weird shit or whatever. Because mm-hmm. all you know, especially when you grow up in the hood like we did, mm-hmm. it's a small community. Mm-hmm. And for the most part, you stay within those 10 blocks. Mm-hmm. You know, you hardly even go to the white side unless you go into the grocery store or some mm-hmm. shit like that. Mm-hmm. So it becomes that. And that's all you hear is what everybody else is hearing. It's mm-hmm. soul music. You know, gospel music and fucking hip hop. <laughs> you know what I mean? I think what saved me because I was fortunate to have one of those moms that took us out the block, that took us other places. So mm-hmm. I was always exposed to stuff, and I was very fortunate to go to schools that back in the days, and they still have funding to take you on field trips to mm-hmm. go to places and universities and show you that there's a world out there. My mom was notorious for being because we had a big ass station wagon, and my mom was the one that would take all the neighborhood kids. Out the hood to go places, mm-hmm. be the ones to take them to the beach, take them to the park, take them to a museum. So I kind of grew up with that. But it's, I think what saved me really in terms of not being so myopic in the music I listened to um, was not only just MTV, because MTV was very white when it came out. Oh my God. But there was the <laughs> other show, um, oh God, what was it called? Is it Night Tracks? Now, it was another video. Oh, yeah, that sounds familiar. I think it was Video Music Box or something. Music but it was Box. Music yeah. Box. Mm-hmm. And it was a, one of those shows where they were showing music mm-hmm. uh, from England and Europe. Mm-hmm. And that's when I got exposed to a lot of groups um, uh, there. And they were also listening to a lot of ska and they were listening yeah, I was saying, to a then, lot of then African would, music. Yeah, because then they would play the specials and the English beat and they were, they were interracial oh, groups. God, I so it was the first time the you were seeing that. The first time I ever heard. Mm-hmm. Rocking the cows, like shall we? Mm-hmm. I was like, what? Mm-hmm. What? What is this? What the is, Clash. What is this? What is this? And mm-hmm. went to the record store mm-hmm. and got the cassette of mm-hmm. the Clash, mm-hmm. and just being exposed to those different types of music, and also because a lot of those uh, European artists had a lot of black artists that they were, you know, doing mm-hmm. a lot of collaborations with. And well, the so, Clash has a lot of reggae songs. Oh on my their god! Own. And just being exposed, UB40, mm-hmm. and then going back and listening to where they were getting some of those tracks from, mm-hmm. and then listening to black groups like um, way before Soul to Soul even came out. Mm-hmm. Um, there were a lot of, of of 
black European UK I singers. I love Soda Soul. And just getting exposed. Oh, God, I know. I remember having to go to the record store and have to order stuff before we had the internet, have to mm-hmm. order stuff overseas, mm-hmm. pay extra to get it, oh, yeah, to get yeah. cassettes, things that were not being you know sold here. Mm-hmm. Like they used to have like paper catalogs you mm-hmm. go through and said, I need this specific record. And if it was vinyl, you know, you would pray like, shit, I hope they don't break this shit when it gets here. And I paid a whole bunch of money for this. Okay, you, know, you got to spend an extra $30 okay, for that. Like, just for international shipping yeah. fees and stuff. And just to get access to a, to a lot of music. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when MTV really started getting uh, broadening their base and VH1, of course, started coming afterwards. Let me ask you a question. You know. Do you remember your first album that was yours that you actually bought? Do you remember what it is? Oh, it's Michael Jackson. Really? Which one? The Jackson 5 albums. Okay. I was a huge Jackson imprints. Do you know what mine was? The first non-Michael Jackson record, or Jackson 5, anything mm-hmm. with Jackson's in it, mm-hmm. Prince. You know what mine was? What? Boy George, The Culture Club. Oh, God, yeah. That's my first yeah. album that I ever remember. Actually, it was a Christmas present from one of my white friends mm-hmm. who bought it from me. It was the first album that was mine. That it, that it was like my album. Yeah. He bought me Culture Club. I mean, my mom, I mean, well, my mother bought the albums and records and stuff mm-hmm. all the time. But the first one where I was like, I had a little money. It's like, I'm going to go, God, I must have been like 10, 9 or 10. Mm-hmm. And it was Prince's For You album. Oh, yeah. And Soft and Wet. Soft <laughs> and Wet. And didn't know what it was about. <laughs> you, oh. So I was like, Mama, this is the song. And it was just beautiful. And I was like, this guy, and he had like. Can you talk about falsetto? Fro, and just, and he was just, and then of course. You know, I had okay, to hide. He was wearing I nothing had, back I then, had wasn't to hide he? When I bought the Dirty Mind album. He wasn't wearing nothing. When he was wearing the G-string and the thigh-high okay. boots and was singing head, and I was like, you know, this ain't the song mama need to hear right now. And I, I joke with people all the time, but I swear to God, I used to tell, like, I would try to get past all that stuff and say, mama, he likes purple. Mama love purple. Mm-hmm. Mama, he really likes purple. And that's how my mama liked that's Prince. How she, that's how she got it. She was like, he likes purple. He's a nice that's young man. Hilarious. But she really, it wasn't until, like, uh, Little Red Corvette came out, and she actually saw them on TV because I had to hide these albums from mm-hmm. her because they were just not they were like Richard Pryor albums oh yeah they were controversial and she was like oh, he's wearing all his little purple <laughs> and it was like years later she was like he was singing those type of songs <laughs> had I known I don't think I would have let you have them I was like exactly <laughs> you know now he's a little middle aged man with his mm. little auntie Little auntie little bro, and he's just so adorable now. It's like mm-hmm. he's just not as as nasty as he used to be. But True. but you know you got to remember Prince was alternative too mm-hmm. for a lot of us. Girls. Oh, into Grace Jones. I was always attracted to those black artists that went against the grain in terms of music, who were musically free to experiment. and the androgyny and, of oh the God, way he dressed. I mean, oh you can go on. You know, and it was just. And people would be like, and, I, and it gets me to this day, like the people I was into, especially black artists who mm-hmm. were so alternative and so different, when the mainstream got a hold of them, it's like, mm-hmm. oh, they're hip now. Mm-hmm. All these motherfuckers that was like, why are you listening to that? Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, oh yeah, nigga, you walking around with a uh, Prince let me, let me tell boy you. buttons Let, let me tell shit. you, exactly. Let me tell you. See, I got into the, the, the mod rude boy scene in 19, the summer of 84. So by the time high school really got in that, that fall, I was mm-hmm. getting in. Mm-hmm. I wasn't fully in the suits yet, right. but I was already starting to dress in my own little right. unique stuff. I was already pegging pants. Right. I couldn't afford to peg them, so I'd pin them on the bottom. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. All that shit. And when I finally learned how to do it, and I found the guy who could tailor all my clothes and whatnot, mm-hmm. all that peg pants and stuff, I've been doing it since 1984. Child, look. I had a flat look. top in 1984. Look. And there are pictures of me in 1984. Child. We used to have high top. Mine was as high as ties. Kid in Plays yes. in 1984. My little penny loafers, okay. my little skinny ties, exactly. little my little hats. Pins. Oh my god! Exactly. The little child. And then they it was don't like even know. it was, and it was like it was maddening because mm-hmm. I felt. I mean, literally, my I little look, black eyeliner that made it look like a cat right there. You know what I mean? I used to be <laughs> so mad at these people because it was like when I was upholding this and trying to get y'all to like this. You made fun of me and made fun of that and mm-hmm. said it's not worthy. But it took mm-hmm. other people to to consider that as acceptable for you to all of a sudden, oh, it's cool now. Mm-hmm. You know, so it was it was maddening in, in in that way too. And I think that's why it's so maddening now when I see dope movie and the things that we like about it mm-hmm. not do as well as we thought it should be. Well, uh, what were some of the things that you liked about it? Okay. For me, it's first nostalgia. Mm. That's the first. I just smiled from the time the opening shot came on. 
you know, and I can't even remember what the hell the opening shot is know, off the top of my head. I but I just remember glowing. Mm-hmm. And, and, and the, I guess it took me back to my 1984, even though it was present mm-hmm. day and he was into the future right. or into the past. Right. It, it reminded me of me because he was in the hood. I grew up in a blood neighborhood like he did in the movie, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. So it was the exact same thing. The only difference was he was dressed the way he was. I was in my suits and right. I rode a scooter. He rode right. a bike. right. Right. You know what I mean? I right. still got my scooters, and here it is, 2015. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it just took me back to all that. I still listen to hip-hop, you know, but I was more into, of course, reggae and ska and soul music and mm-hmm. 60s music. You know, if it was black and it touched me, right. I was into it at the time. Mm-hmm. And and people always thought because I dressed the way I did that I was trying to be white. Mm-hmm. And it was the complete opposite. I was all into reading... Um, um, the all about the Black Panthers and all that stuff. I right. just wanted to know more about my Black heritage right. at that time. Right. It's a really interesting uh, dichotomy. Is that the right yeah, word? Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, so for me, I just kept smiling throughout the entire. And I went with the Derek brothers, me and, me and Scott. And so we just were all sitting there, just glowing. Mm-hmm. And me and Chris, me and Will, kept chuckling at each other about different right. moments of how it reminded us of, yes. you know, the eighties. When certain stuff. songs came on, were you saying some of the rest? We were, we were yes. sitting there. I took going my friend Taj, and we were like, "Oh, what girl? What? What?" Mm-hmm. And we in the theater was like, "Okay, let us calm down a little bit. Let's not be that stereotype." Yeah. Of those the bad soundtrack people. is but important. But the soundtrack was just—it mm-hmm. was everything. It was like, God, I remember that. I remember breakdancing the song. Mm-hmm. I remember walking to the club and hearing that, and just feeling like a glow of that. music music you know and I don't know it was just it it totally was like nostalgia road trip like oh my god and it made you just want to go listen to those old so like go to your iPod and be like oh my god let's mm-hmm. hear that again and um okay what else did you like besides the nostalgia part um I I like the characters like we were talking mm-hmm. about the main three characters mm-hmm. I don't remember all their names off the top of my head but the main kid um the the little Hispanic kid and then the um the little androgynous girl I mean, they were just Kirstie Clemens, yeah. They were so, I don't know where he found them, but they were so perfect, each and every one of them in their own way. And you know who else was uh, really, really good? Mm -hmm. And I I don't think people really talked about his performance as much because he reminded me of boys I went to high school with that I would be crazy about, but mm-hmm. I didn't want to associate with because they were just into some stuff and I just knew it was not going to be good. It was Aesop <laughs> Rocky. Oh, which one was he? He played uh, Dom. Remember the boy, the 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 gang, the drug dealer, the j- drug dealer, the guy who was like uh, Zoe Kravitz, I guess her man, I guess, and kind of had the whole idea of sending you know the main character to go talk to her, like, mm-hmm. well, tell her this, that, and the other, and mm-hmm. that. I, I just thought that he was so, I don't know, his his. His acting and it was so natural, and he reminded me of all those little black boys that I loved mm-hmm. um, from my old neighborhoods who were smart, but got caught up. Who, yeah, who mm-hmm. were br- who didn't really have the support in terms of their academics. Who were smart, who could do the work, mm-hmm. but because of certain circumstances and didn't have the mentorship and the support from home that they needed, you know, found themselves in situation. He reminded me so much of this boy. Oh God, I mm-hmm. love this kid. Wherever he is, I know it didn't end up well, so I won't say his name. Well, but well let me tell you two more things that, that just occurred to me. Mm-hmm. The escalation of of obstacles. Yes. I mean, every we were just talking about this a minute ago before we started the podcast. Every time you thought, oh, they'll get out of that, here comes another one. You never get a, a, a moment to rest. No, it just rode along, and it was right. The sequences were on point. And, as a, like, and as a writer, you're yes. like, okay, how is this going to work? Because mm-hmm. in your mind, you're thinking, okay, they may take the path of least resistance, and it might turn out to be some of the other movies that we've seen before. Like, For example, the scene where... They realize they have, and if those of you who didn't see the movie, it's too late. You you okay. fucked up. It's been three weeks. So don't be talking about spoiler alerts or anything like that. You messed up. <laughs> but when they they realize they actually have the drugs in the backpack, mm-hmm. and they get the phone call from the other dude, mm-hmm. and they're going outside to go and give him the money, and mm-hmm. they're like, well, what do we do? And then you get the phone call from Dom going from the prison, and then he's standing right there. The dude from the car yes. sees him. He sees them, mm-hmm. and on the phone is like, what dude? What are you talking about? I didn't mm-hmm. send no dudes. And he's like, 
oh my god yeah that was one of those moments where like oh damn you got me mm-hmm. and then the friends are like dude go go, go give him the money go give him the stuff and they're Whatever, like yeah. what dudes no dude you better get out of there That's yeah. not the, and it was just like it was on and it just such a good reversal it just yes. just went and just escalated from there and mm-hmm. it just it just kept going and i love the fact that tonally there were different shifts throughout mm-hmm. too even though it was comedy and it was funny there were moments of seriousness where really i was like this 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 might turn kind of mm-hmm. extra dark, <laughs> you know. Yeah, my favorite moment of the movie, and this is the spoiler alert. It's too look. Is the reversal, no, no, the no big reversal at the end where he overpowers uh, the businessman, mm-hmm. the, the whatever he's a counselor, whatever mm-hmm. the fuck he was. Um, that to me was like, see, we can write some smart shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Even in a small movie like this. Seven hundred thousand dollar movie. It felt way bigger than that to right, me. Right, right. You know, right. Because there was a lot of locations in that movie. Mm-hmm. They clearly had a lot of. Hey, and shout them. out to um, because the moment I saw this kid, I thought that kid looked like I'll be sure. Oh, his son. His son. Yeah, he looked just like him. Uh, shout out to Quincy Brown, mm-hmm. uh, who I thought was great because it was, was he? he was just like. Which one was he? Who did he play? He was the um. The businessman's son, the one that was. Oh, that's his name. The, the one, well, his real name, yeah. Okay. Yeah, Quincy. So he got no sure in there or nothing. <laughs> uh, well, he played the character Jalil. Mm-hmm. Well, I'll be sure it's just the Al guess Al Brown. Okay, I didn't sure. know if he branded that name and that's what he'd like to go by. He's no, but he a played, friend of mine on LinkedIn. Yeah, he played uh, Jalil, and it was funny because when I saw him, I thought he looked like a little Al. I said, I bet you this mm-hmm. is Al be sure's son. And watching him, it was so comical because I've met dudes like that back in the day who were mm-hmm. like. Suburban and trying to be this. I'm like, mm-hmm. and <laughs> what cracks me up is you see the expression on, okay, I'm trying to remember his name. Um, our lead character. What was mm-hmm. his name? What's the lead dude's what name? What was his name? Um, hold on. Let me get to it. Anyway, the lead character in, in Dope, when he, as he's looking at Jalil and he's like, dude, you're not as hard as you think you are, you know, and you could just tell, like, dude, you just, you know, you're just stunting right now, mm-hmm. but I'm going to roll with it because you're not really as hard as you think you are because I live around these type of dudes, and you were just like the fake dude. Is it dude. DeAndre? Is that the right one? Is, this, is that what they call him, his character? I don't know. Um, what is his character's name? Anywho. But to me, that was just the, the real humorous side of that, mm-hmm. just, just watching him look at this dude like, you are not the gangster, the thug that you think you are, mm-hmm. which is awesome. So... We talked about a few things that we did like. What are some things that you did not like? Well, <clears throat> I'm on the fence about this because now we're just talking about Al Bashir's son playing this militant, you know, over the top, oh, I'm really gangster black, even though Malcolm. he's... Sorry, Malcolm, that's his character's yeah, name, even, Malcolm. Even though he lives clearly in like uh, Baldwin Hills in a freaking, with a pool and a, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> they lived in clearly in like the Beverly mm-hmm. Hills neighborhood. Um, and... The issue I had was his sister, who played like a total sex addict. And I just want to be druggy and drinking and whatever the hell. Mm-hmm. I would sleep with anybody. I didn't quite understand her. And the only thing that I saw from the point of view of the writer um, was maybe he made I'll be sure's son so far to the left that he made her far to the right. Mm-hmm. So we see that they're the, they're the kids of that, um, what was he, a, their politician? What was it? I forget what Roger's character is. Oh, he's uh, like a, he was like a, he, well, I think it was like a, he was like a check, something where he was, but anyway, he was like a counselor. He was too. some sort of a businessman. Right, right, of. right. I'll right. just call him businessman for mm-hmm. sake of an argument. But almost like he had these kids and he spoiled them rotten so much that he didn't really do anything for them. He didn't treat them right. And even though they, they had everything they needed and wanted, they still were so spoiled that... that they kind of came off as like stereotypical white suburban kids. Mm-hmm. You know, if I, if I actually look at it, where you have like these suburban kids who listen to hip-hop music, white specific, because we got black suburban people too, like white suburban kids who listen to it and they're trying to be like, yeah, yo, what's up? And you see like a real hood kid and mm-hmm. you're trying to like impress them. And then of course you got the... The overly sexual, oh, you know, kind of valley girl type, oh, mm-hmm. you know, that that kind of thing, and it's, it was interesting, you know, and but I've kind of seen that before, mm-hmm. that kind of thing, but I, I I do see your point where it's kind of like, well, 
was that the a writer intentional thing just to sew two extremes two extremes in, in you know, be, because of the things that she ended up doing later on right. you know right. running out and peeing and stuff and I mean mm-hmm. all that stuff that she did mm-hmm. it just felt so over the top that like the way they made I'll be sure son you know when he would carry a gun and just like all these things that he did just mm-hmm. seemed like okay they were pretty even in their own unusual ways right. Even though I had some issues with the way they treated her because she was a woman mm-hmm. or a girl or whatever, right. a teenage girl, right. I just had issues with seeing her in that vein. She well, was give me so some specifics. Beautiful. Seeing her in what way? Specifically, what are you talking about? Um, I didn't like how sexual they made her. I didn't understand why. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You know me. I always want to know why things are mm-hmm. a certain way. So I wasn't clear on that. So I kept feeling like I was giving the director and writer leeway because of what was going on with his son Mm -hmm. you know going okay well he's so far over there they're making her the opposite in this way Mm -hmm. but my problem i had with it from a man from a male point of view learning from you about a lot more about feminist things i'm seeing things from a different point of view well good for you no but let's just be real so it's making me look at things where i would have let it go and not had a big issue i just would have said oh his character's out and her character's out right right. and i'm like but why yeah and i think a lot of times that comes from in a lot of movies they want to have like the sex scene the sexual Mm -hmm. they want to have like for a lot of films in terms of masculinity the idea of becoming a man is always having sex with the girl Mm -hmm. once you've had sex with then you're a real man those kind of like really toxic masculinity issues that these these things that are always perpetuated and put out there for men and and they buy into that. So when I see that, you'll see that in all kinds of, of films about coming of age films, especially with the male leads, mm-hmm. where it's always the girl is always there for sexual conquest to get some nudie scenes mm-hmm. to kind of get that kind of sexual thing there. I mean that is part of one of my issues too with her uh, in that scene too, but also with Zoe Kravitz's character. Mm-hmm. Because both of them, like, honestly, those two characters, they were so facile and so throwaway. Anybody could have played those roles. Mm-hmm. They really weren't that important to the story, I don't think. I will say Diggy is important because that girl yeah. was just amazing. Oh, yeah. They Casting was spot on. She was perfect. Mm-hmm. But my concern was kind of like the diversity in the women, especially when you're having three black women, which is rare. Three black women in a movie. Oh, my God. You know, and they're not playing like straight up hood hood rats and just kind of mm-hmm. like being the stereotypical. They're like beautiful black girls who just happen to be in this movie. Mm-hmm. But my problem was, and it was something just an inkling, because I remember my friend said, I know he's going to say something about it. <laughs> and I was like, no, it's not a bad thing. My thing is... Well, I it wish- wasn't quite the Bechdel test, though, was it? <laughs> no, 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 it's just, just that. But it was just like the diversity of black women. You got three light-skinned black women. Mm-hmm. And as always, you always have these movies where it would have been nice to have a diversity of blackness with the female women. Not saying that it's taken away from Zoe and the other young lady who played the um, the rich daughter, mm. who's actually a model. She's gorgeous. Oh my she God. is gorgeous. She's like she's what we call what Blasians, black yes. and Asian. Mm-hmm. And um, amazing. I'd love to see her more stuff where she's not always just taking off her clothes and being the high chick, you mm-hmm. know, which can be fun in certain movies. But I just kind of felt like you know, it would have been nice that we got some a little bit of different diversity and if we would have got them to be a little bit more. Uh, in particular, Zoe's character, because she literally, she was just a girl. Like, if you cut her part out in the movie, mm-hmm. you still could have had a movie, really. I mean, what? I mean, she was kind of like the, in some scenes, the catalyst, but I almost felt like she's not really bringing anything to mm-hmm. it. And I don't think it's one of Zoe's best best roles. No, I mean, I thought she was better in I Mad was excited. Max, I was I mean. excited to see her in it. And then when I yeah. saw her in it, I was like, oh, well, this wasn't really that, this ain't a game changer for her. No. You know, so. And it looked like she might have done that before Mad Max. Like she just seemed better by the time she got to Mad yeah, Max. Yeah, it, it could have been. I don't know what it you was, know. but I just felt like, mm, would have been nice to see more diversity in women, some different women, mm-hmm. or give them something extra to do. I don't mm-hmm. know. I don't know what that thing is, but it was just that little, sometimes you know you're watching a movie and you don't know quite what it is. You can't really quite, but there's just something that little, yeah. that little something. It's almost like when you read a screenplay and something yeah, it's bumps like, you. I'm just not sure what you it is. I, mean? I don't know how to fix it, but just something. It, it just seemed like a waste, you know. Okay. But I mean, other than that, like that to me, that's my. Oh, and the other thing is the whole drug issue because anytime we have a movie about the hood, they always bring in drugs. But I would let this pass because one, Rick Fukuyama said he was basing it on people he knew in his neighborhood and yeah. this kind of situation, and I let that go. But in the future, I would like to see more movies like this type of characters, where mm-hmm. it's not always like, okay, I mean, it is an and- easy way out, though, if you think about it. Um, 
to to go that route that if, easy if they get in danger all of a sudden you know somehow they get tied up in drugs and now they got to escape and find their way out of it you know and all that other stuff but what i do like about it is the way they found their way out was because they all were smart now they did do the one trope that i know you don't like is they went to the white dude <laughs> To like find y'all out. couldn't have found one black dude who was smart Don't they all know do computers? That. Don't they know? Like you couldn't find somebody yeah. else. So he was the savior to help different. them. Get you know. an Asian character. Get somebody different. Mm-hmm. It's always the old. Oh, and of course, I mean, I like dude because he's from yeah, workaholics. He's, he's fun. But it was like, yeah, we've seen that kind of dude before. Mm-hmm. Get me something he different. reminded me of, um, I don't remember his name off the top of my head, in um, Pulp Fiction, the redhead. What's his name? He's the one he... When John Travolta, he was the one who gave him the drugs, and then she took too much, and John Travolta yeah, yeah. had the. I can't remember his what's name. His, Eric Stoltz. Yeah, yeah, Stoltz. yeah. He reminded me of a younger yeah, Eric Stoltz. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's funny. I mean, but but this is but what saves it from that from being like oh the drug thing is because of Dom that character even though he's a drug dude he mm-hmm. was a good dude. Yeah. And I really and like really I really wanted Dom to get together with Zoe. Like I really wanted them to get together oh, yeah, and not yeah. be the typical. Oh well, she doesn't want to go with him. He's a drug. Oh, we're go with the nerdy guy. Mm-hmm. The whole fantasy. It was like, why couldn't they have the situation where that happened and yet it bound those two together? And Malcolm would just be like, Yeah, I really liked her, but you know they. Yeah, together. it wasn't meant. Yeah, whatever, it wasn't meant. You know I mean? and, and we've had. I, I met them so yeah. that I can get them together. I, yeah. Now I learned. And see, that's almost like real life because I've been in those situations at that age where it's like, oh, somebody I really like, and oh, but that's oh, but they're kind of meant to be together, mm-hmm. and you're kind of like that. It would have been a nice bittersweet, like, oh, he doesn't actually. Because that, that, that trope kind of only happens in movies where the nerdy guy ends up in a situation with the model girl, mm-hmm. with the daughter. Mm-hmm. And she's hitting all on them. Like, it only happens in a movie. You know, and it'd be like, it'd be nice, like, it wish, wish fulfilled, but it was something about Dom that just a smart dude, mm-hmm. caught up in some stuff, likable. And I, and I, and I think to me that offset that whole drug deal, you know, plot line. So shout out to ASAP Rocky for just being so adorable. Well, he's, he's been working. Mm-hmm. The Hangover Three, the internship, Divergent. He's been working. Yeah, he's Robbie. really, really good. So you know, you might want to hang up that that mm-hmm. that rapping stuff and get into because I would love to see him as some. Sounds more like things. he's taking it more serious though. You know, he's good. Like yeah. there's something natural. I mean, he's just a handsome dude. Yeah. And because I don't even remember Tiger being in the yeah, world. I know he was in yeah. And here's the thing about it. it's like <laughs> even when I saw Dom, it's like oh here comes the drug, and it was like the way he he underplayed some things that I think some rapper dudes would have overplayed. He cared. Like they would have came out with the more, you know, yeah, it's more swag like, hey, and, he yeah. wasn't. He was like, "Yo, what's up?" You mm-hmm. know, "Hey, this it is what it yeah. is." Well, remember the scene where they go to the, um, um, they go to the club, and the other dude who kind of looked like I'll be sure the, right, the, right. the owner of the right, club, whatever, right. the manager. Right. He's like, "I can't let these dudes in." He's like, "Look, you're gonna let these dudes in, and this house gonna be, but unfortunately, I'm gonna have to whip your ass because just principle, on principle." On principle. <laughs> <laughs> that scene, and I bet you he had to audition with that scene because that's the scene that showed you he didn't want to do it. Though. I don't want to do it, but you, you know, know what? what I mean? On principle, homie, I got to do what I got to do. This, this is the life we live in. I got to cold cock you with I this gotta, guy. I got to do this, and you're gonna have to take that. And I and I fell exactly. out laughing. Well, I mean, I'm I'm hoping that we get more films like this. I mean, for us, it's like for the Blurred Nation, for those of us who are like Afropunks, those type of like. Mm-hmm. Altern- I don't even like to say alternative black people. Just a different type of blackness that you We've see. We've always been here. We've always been here. And we act like it's something brand new. Mm-hmm. I think what's brand new is the fact that we, that we have an opportunity to see a movie like that. Because I'm letting y'all know right now, those three Little char- Richard was alternative, if you want to call it that. Those three characters in Dope, those three those are the type of people I hung out with when That's I went me. to school. That's me. Those are my fr- child. Yes. Look, my neighbors next door were Mexican across the street. Mm-hmm. I have my other white friend that lived down the street because, you know, mm-hmm. we had white folks in our neighborhood who didn't have enough money to move away. They didn't do that <laughs> suburban white flight. They got stuck. But I came from a very multiracial neighborhood. I had multiracial friends. That was my clique I grew up with. So to me, that's normal to be, I mean, riding on the bicycles around everywhere. That's what we, And we used to have the boom box where we mm-hmm. had to put it in our little basket and play our cassette tapes. And I mean, I lived that life and we've always been there. And it'd be kind of nice to see more filmmakers... Um, what was his? What was the main dude's name? Uh, oh, I want to say Shamik. Shamik Moore. Well, his main, yeah, his character's name was Malcolm. Oh, okay, wow, mm-hmm. he looks so different in his headshot too. I know, he's a cutie. Yeah, he was so 
uh, what's the word? He's of Jamaican descent, so shout and out to Jamaican. I just kept watching him at times, like when he'd be put on the spot. Oh, like the moment you were just talking about a minute ago, when 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 he went outside with the drugs and and the the guys were waiting in that red, yes, you know, car, the yes. vintage car. And the look on his face of the reality mm-hmm. that Dom is calling him, and that's something else. And also that's flashing in his eyes is, because the whole time in the movie, all he's worried about is getting this interview for Harvard, mm-hmm. getting, getting to school, getting his life, and he, he already knows he's there. Mm-hmm. And you can see it flashing in his eyes like, this could be the thing that fucks up everything. What am I going to do? And I was there with him. So kudos to... Um, our Malcolm, the wonderful actor who played him, you were just really realistic. You really brought. He's in something called a new so TV series it. called The Get Down. Have you heard of that? Is it a new TV series? Yeah. What, uh, what channel? Do we know what channel um, it's on? I'll have to check it out. Yeah, it looks. It looks. They've done a couple episodes already. They've done thirteen episodes. And also it's to fil- our, it's filming. It's filming right now. And also to our wonderful. Diggy, I love her. Kiersey Clemens, she's on Extent right now. She's actually oh, she? playing a robot. Really? She's playing a robot. Because she looked like she could be like a young, she's, a young Halle Berry, though. You know what I mean? She's going to be better than Halle yeah. Berry. She's, just mean as far as how she yeah, yeah. With she's, us, right? I think if she gets the right role, and I'm so excited that she's on Extent right now. Mm-hmm. Like I said, she's playing a robot. Mm-hmm. And Extent is really changing up because she's playing a black robot. They got a black alien mm-hmm. running around that's playing Halle Berry's son. Extant is just doing... And then the alien had a bunch of alien babies. <laughs> he done had babies. So all mm-hmm. these black babies, <laughs> alien babies. <laughs> so shout out to Extant for like, you know, whatever y'all doing. It's like, I, I'm really enjoying this new season, but she's just an amazing actress and she has so much talent. So I'm, I'm hoping she picks more fun roles like this, um, more sci-fi stuff, mm-hmm. you know, and just... Use her, please. Someone cast her in something else. I want to see more of her because she was such a delight. Even though the story was about Malcolm, mm-hmm. I, in my heart of hearts, I wish the movie was about her. Mm. And that would be a different movie. Because one, she was a but drummer. I would have seen it. She's a drummer. And you know I love women drummers. Yeah. I'm a huge Sheila E. fan. Mm-hmm. And I love women who play percussion and drums. We have not seen an alternative, if you want to call it, movie about a young black girl from the hood who's into that scene. That's my script for the Slide of Family Stone. Oh, is it? Mm-hmm. Oh, you can make her a she's girl. The ba- yeah, she's the bass oh, player. Okay, good. Yeah, and yeah. her brother's the drummer. I kind of modeled her brother after Questlove because I love Questlove yeah, from the roots. Yeah. But yeah, that kind of thing. So that's why I was so excited to see Dope. Like, yes, mm-hmm. alternative. And there's a girl drummer mm-hmm. and she's adorable. And the fact that they made her like gay and just, and didn't make a big deal about it. Mm-hmm. Love that. They the love fact, her. That's not even an issue. Like, yeah. she likes girls, so what? Mm-hmm. In fact, she might take your girl. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know? Watch yourself, mm-hmm. you know? And I love that. So mm-hmm. kudos to Rick Fukuyama for just making a really one. You know what? It's, I would it's love a, to interview it's him. It's an instant classic. Rick, come on the show, Jack. <laughs> Dope is an instant classic. It is. It's, I'm, it's I'm one sad of those, that it didn't the make soundtrack, like at the end when he was doing all the dances and you hear all the songs, my heart was just, it was just glowy. Mm-hmm. So if you missed Dope, you have a chance to make up for it. You need to rent that or buy it or, or have a When you get a party. chance, you need to look at Shamik Moore's um, photos on IMDb Pro. Mm-hmm. There's pictures of, of the three of them, the kids who played in, the, in Dope. Uh-huh. You should see how pretty. What's the girl you like? Oh, Kiersey, yeah. She is Clemens. gorgeous in this photo. I would love, you know, I got to find a poster. If I can find a nice poster of that, I would frame that and put it up there. Wow. She's, oh, he showed me the, oh my God, look at them. Yeah, I don't want it to come out. Like, you know what? All you right. know what, Rick? You might want to do another movie with them at college. Mm, <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. He's gone to Harvard. He's going to, was it Harvard or Yale? I can't remember which university yeah, it was. Yeah, one of them big And ones. you know what? Do another movie. I would love to see those characters again, you know, um, just, I don't know, it's just fun. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know some people, like my friend Taj was, you know, she had some issues with them saying nigga all the time. And you know what? That's what kids do. I have never not been home and not heard the word all the time. Uh, you know what? Some <laughs> you know people, what that's what some kids do. It rolls off your tongue. It's like, it's like you go into a lot of the um, Mexican neighborhoods where, particularly where gang members are, you hear f- the word fool. Mm-hmm. Oh, fool. Ba, 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 ba. Chicken out, fool. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I hear that all the time, mm-hmm. depending on what part of the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Just, it's, it's just Well, a- I was happy to see that, the, that her character, Diggy, that she addressed that when the white dude was trying to say mm-hmm. it. That, and she, she was kept slapping, slapping him. him. 
And I was like, but when she said, the only thing I didn't like was when they were like, oh, you know, if you say it, we'll give you permission. I think the funny part was, I think she should have just kept slapping every time he said it. And Mm -hmm. then suddenly he just just stopped saying it around Uh, her. That would have been great. Like that would have, that thing where you don't have to really talk about it. Like Mm -hmm. she just says, like every time you say I'm going to slap you. All right. (laughs) And then he just stopped saying it. And then the scene keeps going. That would have been perfection to me. Because then it would have, it would have represented how we feel and yeah. to just fucking stop saying right. it. Right. And the subtext is you look, you You ain't allowed this. I don't care, yeah. I don't care how many times we said yeah. you ain't got the say. And then it, it, and then it would have been like, oh, I see. And you know what? You can be mad. Because mm-hmm. you know Hulk Hogan came out recently and said, How come it's like Hulk, y'all, you should have just shut it down. You messed up. You should have just been quiet and you said sorry. We would have forgotten about it a couple mm-hmm. years. But then he had to never come out like, well, how come I how come President Obama gets to say it? I'm like, context, bitch. Understand what you're talking about, you know? So I was a little upset with that. So, yeah. yeah. And I don't care if your friends allow you to say it. If you're white and your friends allow you to say it, <laughs> that's you between you and your friend. Mm-hmm. <laughs> don't get slapped like Diggy. <laughs> that was doing people. <laughs> but, yeah, it's one of those movies that I hope people are like, as soon as it comes out on DVD, I'm buying it. Um I'm really curious to see what the DVD special features is going to be. I would love to see a documentary, something yes. on the making of oh it. Oh, my God. Um, just want to know more about it. I mean, Hollywood. Okay, let's look at this for a second. And I know we we're going to cut this short, but look. Fuck it. We're going in. Um, Hollywood, look at this. They made the movie, the movie for $700,000. So far, this is just domestically. It's done $16 million. If that's not profit, even on a low scale, for any production company, distributor, that is a huge hit for them, you know, to make that much money back. Mm -hmm. Let's just say they put in $2 million to promote it, right? Because usually you do like double Mm -hmm. or whatever it is to promote it. So it costs $700. let us just say they put in two, maybe three. Mm -hmm. They still made... How many times more? Is okay, that, yeah. you know what I'm saying. What's the rule? Was you have to make three times? Three times, whatever your budget was to even break even. To break even. No, because we're not even counting advertising costs. No, you know promotion, all that kind of stuff. I mean, I'm hoping. Man, I would love for them to like go overseas to Europe and have a big screen opening over there, and because because we know that I think it every, would translate over there. Go to Japan, Asia, because London because in particular. It's hip, oh it my would god, translate. it's like yes. because of the hip hop music mm-hmm. and the band. I mean, I, it, Asia, it would translate. I think. <sighs> I know they don't think it does. Yeah, because they always think that they buy more black albums people. than we do. Oh my god, shit! They always Hollywood always thinks that films with people of color in them don't sell. When we know for a fact that black culture period sells globally everywhere. What did Jay? He say he went over to um to, to to Tokyo and they were waiting in line for him for like three days. Didn't he say some shit like that? In his life? <laughs> okay, okay, because that was that was new to him. Uh-huh. He was like, "What? They know me like that?" We're like, mm-hmm. "Yeah, motherfucker, they know you yeah. like that." And if you were smart marketing, you would push it because there's a huge. I mean, just I don't know. I just get so frustrated when I feel like you could have had a whole platform to build this movie on mm-hmm. and have gone out just that in the United States, but you could have gone to parts of South America, Central Hip Hop. Translates everywhere. It's the music of the people, and my, oh, here's my other that. point. Look at that. It's, no, it's so just how, occurred we, no, to see me. how excited this movie just makes occurred us? to me though. But see, this is what movies are supposed to do. It's supposed to make you have a conversation, right, right? Right. Here's one thing that did bother me that it did not didn't even occur to me. I was so like, ooh, that's the jam. Didn't even occur to me. But yet they were a punk rock group, but they never played any real punk rock that I remember. It was always, thought, except for their band, I don't remember hearing a soundtrack. No, of, I think their band was playing the music. But, but, but he kept saying how much he loved hip-hop of the 90s. And I'm like, shouldn't you say I love hip-hop of the 90s and punk rock? Or some, it just felt like it needed another... Or maybe they just did, couldn't afford the rights to some of the punk rock songs. Well, damn it, they got some of the biggest songs well, in they, the damn but, movie. But, but you have Pharrell Williams producing. He probably talked to... Oh, he produced him. I didn't even know. He's one of the producers. So oh, he might have had like... Oh, yeah. He was like, do me a favor. Do me a favor, homie. <laughs> yeah. You know. I got $10. I got you know, that's <laughs> but I'm going to hook you up on the next album. I think album, interesting, huh? but I think what it might have been is because they want to focus on the band doing their music and mm-hmm. not take away from... Even though we're doing hip-hop, and it would have been nice to hear like, I don't know, some Fishmo and some other stuff. Yeah. But... um. 
It did make me inspire me because people tell me all the time, Hilliard, you need to do the story of you and the original Palo Alto Rude Boys back in the day when you guys came up because it was just like this movie. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Except we got into the mod skinhead scene and became like a fucking gang. Mm-hmm. I mean, we would fight all the time. And it was like it became bad to, to one extent. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like tension between us and dudes in San Jose. Like, like it got crazy at one point. I'm, I'm sitting here laughing. It's like, get this th- they suck. And then they roll away on their scooters. <laughs> <laughs> well, you see, Quadrophenia. I'll fight you. I'll take you out. All right, we out. Exactly. <laughs> 45 miles an hour, Jack. I'm zipping. <laughs> Shut up, bitch. <laughs> anyway. Oh, my God. On that note, y'all anyway. know how we do it on the rant room. We just be going in on some shit. Today, you know, we just we just spitballing, just having fun talking about some shit. <clears throat> we decided to just go in a little bit yeah, on dope. Yeah, it's, it's a movie that we really enjoyed, and it's one of my favorites of the summer, and I just feel Definitely. like... Go just, see dope. People yeah. didn't go see... Is it still in theaters right now? I heard... Maybe not, but I, I might guess go we could see. You know what? I'm actually go see it one more time just to yeah. just to, to help support it again. And yeah, and if you haven't, damn it, get it on VOD, get it I'll on Netflix. Some friends whatever. who have not seen it, yeah, watch it with a group of people because just by oh, yourself is not yes. going to be the same. And find one of your old rap T-shirts you know you have in your closet okay. somewhere. Go represent and go represent and just go have a really good time. Sneak in some tacos and some wine <laughs> if you need to. That sounds like something you've done before. Uh, uh, I have a, a, mm-hmm. a whole movie you little kit. Little you got I, a have, kit. I have a kit. <laughs> For my tacos, my sprinkle cupcakes, and okay. I have my little flask that has my liqueur. Her flask. And it's a okay. little movie kit that I take with my little blankie, <laughs> and I get comfortable, and it's, shut up, it's what I do. You ain't going to worry. <laughs> me. You know what my mama would say? Child, you don't know, and you don't know, you don't know. I'm respectable. At least I'll be coming in with soft tacos, because I try to respect <laughs> people. I'm not going to be crunching. I'll get the nice soft. <laughs> that way I can eat it and not make a lot of noise around mm-hmm. people. Even though you're looking around like, who got tacos up in here? <laughs> it smells good. It smells good. So I guess that would be me. That would be me. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So Lisa, where can people find you at? Uh, you can actually find me on Bitch Flicks. I have a piece up on uh, right now uh, mm-hmm. about Sharknado 3. Uh-oh. Shut up. Well, put it up. Let's do it. Sharknado 3 came out, oh, uh, was it last week? Yeah. And uh, the world premiere. And How did so, it do? Do you know? Did it do really well? Uh, not as good as the... Uh, the first or second one. Because they keep killing it with this shark verse octopus and all those other <laughs> mega shark verse. I'm like, they killing it. They doing way too much. Well, you know they now. had, uh, and I missed it because I forgot it was coming out that Sunday, uh, Lava Lantula. See. They're tarantula they spiders that anything. have lava that come out of their butts. They just... They're giant spiders. Did y'all hear, y'all hear this? What I got to do with Lava, <laughs> lava that comes you, out the booty boot. You need to the appreciate... You need to appreciate <laughs> D-level sci-fi at its finest. At least you give it a D. And not okay. judging it. Because they're silly and they're fun and I love them. Poor I am they're just, I, He's just, hey. <laughs> you know what? He, hey. He is honest. He's like, he's like look. He playing got, it straight? Look. He, look. I got a wife and kids. His <laughs> wife told him, you need to make some money. And mm-hmm. he's like, he was honest. I mean, he's they like, put him back on the map. I give like, him that. look. Because uh, Steve Gutenberg. Mm-hmm. Was originally offered that role and he turned oh, really? it down. And when it became like this big thing, mm-hmm. and of course, once again, I keep telling people that you need to thank us. Mm-hmm. The fans made Sharknado a thing mm-hmm. through social okay, media. They was, they was, because us being in on the joke and knowing that these movies are terrible. Okay, they was huge at Comic Con, yeah, wasn't it? Child look. <laughs> and it's like Steve Gutenberg was so upset that afterwards, like, God, I turned that down. So they gave him Lava Lanchula. Oh, really? And they had a lot of people from the um, Police Academy movie in it. Oh, really? Michael Winslow and all of them. So a lot of the actors from that are in, in that. Because you know Steve Gutenberg was in Police Academy. So I'm, I'm going to have to check that out this weekend to catch okay. up. But don't hate on it. So that's my latest piece over at Bitch Flicks. Um, I'm on Twitter. Most of the time you'll find me under the tags of Saturday Night Sci-Fi. Mm-hmm. Hashtag Saturday Night Sci-Fi or hashtag um, Friday Night Horror or also sometimes when I have time. Who, who does all that with you? Hashtag, oh my God, has the 80s live tweet. It's uh, Geek Soul Brother, mm-hmm. um, Graveyard Shift Sisters, mm-hmm. um, Black Girl Nerds, mm-hmm. and a whole host, a whole potpourri mm-hmm. of crazy Speaking folks. of Black Girl Nerds, we need to be, um, she put that, that thing out that that they should have their own panel at Comic-Con. Yes. So, so we need to definitely yes, get that out recently, there. So we're going to put it out for people who just 
go to Comic Con and if you can help out or just signal boost or just even like email them. Mm-hmm. But um, let's get a hashtag Black Girl going. Nurse, she came out and she'd been on a, a, a several panels at Comic Con, mm-hmm. but she has such a huge following and she has a huge impact in terms of us blurs and us geeks who enjoy this kind of thing, that she really needs to get press credentials for next mm-hmm. year. So one of the things we tried to do was to tweet and um, tweet at San Diego Comic-Con to let them know that we really want her to get uh, press credentials for next year. Mm-hmm. So that was the big Matter thing. of fact, they should be having Screenwriter's Rant Room over there. That's all I'm going to say. You know, we need to be in there <sighs> doing know, a fucking panel. Can you imagine us doing us... In front of a live panel, that'd be a hot. We've mess. done it before. We yeah, but it, it would be a hot mess. It would be a, we would be having a okay because like, it'd be so. Can unfiltered. we be ourselves? Okay, okay it'd be hard <laughs> because we'd have to we'd have to do like a uh, what do you call it like a um uh I'm not a spoiler alert but we'd have to give something to let people know. Who oh, just in like there. a disclaimer. Or a disclaimer, like look, don't bring no babies up in here. <laughs> If you sen- be in there with kids if you if you sensitive, I'm just saying you know, oh, yeah, you know. if yeah. you're sensitive to language, mm-hmm. profanity, or or realness, or just getting really gully, you don't you do not want to come <laughs> hang out with us, you know, because it's just silly fun. Honest, See, we should unfiltered. be on the black panel. What's that? The black what's the, what's the oh, thing with you Michael go Davis? To? Yeah, you know, we need to reach out to him. And be like, all right, we should have him on well, the show. Well, you know what? There's there, there was the. the the rumor was that that was going to be the last black panel oh, this really? year. Okay. I'm hoping it's not. So, you know, we should, you know what? I really would love to have Why Michael Why would he Davis stop doing here. it? You know, just all kinds of behind the scenes craziness stuff that, goes, that happens. But, you know, we should have him on there just to talk should. about it because it's one oh, of the, we know enough people we can have most popular, It's one of the most popular <laughs> panels that they have there. And mm-hmm. um, they've been doing it for many years now. Yeah. And, and people, like, literally, you have to get there like almost an hour or two to get in line mm-hmm. to even guarantee that you can get inside the room when they have it. So, wow. I mean, there's just a lot going on in the blurred community. And of course, the blurred community is part of just <clears throat> another subset of the nerd community True. so you know shout out to my peeps but yeah but that's where you can find me okay lurking and um i'm your host hilliard guest and you guys can find me on twitter at hilliard guest or you can find us uh the on show Facebook page yes guess what everybody we now have a facebook page Yay. hilliard guest's screenwriters rant room you guys can find us um please like our page Go on um, iTunes, because that's the one that's important for the metrics. Give us a five-star review. We need that shit. (laughs) I said it. (laughs) Shut up, girl. (laughs) And um, um, again, uh, one last quick shout-out. Please check out foshowtv.com. Check out the new web series. It's hella, hella, hella funny. We already got some network interest already. Oh, nice. Yeah, so it's good. Um, And what else? What else do I want to promote? Uh, no, that's it for you've now. Got, you've got so much that's going it for on. Now. Good Lord. Yeah, 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 yeah. Anyway, so um, I'll be letting you guys know about some new shit coming up. And um, that's it for now. Yeah, give us a five-star review, motherfucker. Y'all know what to do. <laughs> <laughs> I said it. <laughs> oh, and a special shout-out to everybody who's been emailing us and um, hitting us on, on Facebook. People have been seeing me like, messages about the show mm-hmm. and how much they love the show and how they compare us to, you know, that we're better than all the other shows. I'm like, well, duh. Of course we are. Because <laughs> we, we just be doing some real shit. Mm-hmm. See, for those of you who don't know, mm-hmm. I'm going to tell you. Oh, I no, smack, he popping, he's smacking it. Go ahead, smack it. <laughs> <laughs> Look, Lisa and I, nine times out of ten, we don't have shit written down. We just talk. You know what I mean? We just, Off the top we of the might dome. be, a, it might be a topic, but there is nothing like, you might have a couple points, mm-hmm. but there's no, here's what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, that word. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? For the most part, I mean, most of the time, it's like a, we'll, most of time we'll have like a quick little conversation in the middle of the week, like, hey, we need to talk about this, whatever's going on mm-hmm. at that moment that we think that's, we need to be talking about that. Because I like the free form. I think a lot of times people get caught up in like... Uh, the structure, more structured yeah. thing, and I think a lot of times people just need to relax and just hear it just straight from the dome, just coming off the top. Mm-hmm. You know, like we doing a hip hop cipher. It's like I'm coming at you. you know, I'm spitting the bat. I'm spitting it right now. Exactly. I'm bringing hot fire. Oh, shit. <laughs> just nothing but bars, y'all. Just bars. Sixteen, you didn't motherfuckers. <laughs> 
<laughs> so on that note, y'all know how we do it on the rant room. Good we keep Lord. it street. Mm-hmm. We keep it opinionated. Yeah. We keep it what? 2015. Peace, y'all. Everyone got one. What's your opinion? This is the rant room. Tongues won't be bitten. Ain't no rules. Just spill it. And anybody can get it. No limit. We get to kill it. We tuning it to the thrillers. And no, ain't no stopping. Any topic. Even the random. I hope that you're ready. We entering in the zone soon. We on a grown shit. Welcome to the rap room. That's it. That's all I got to say.